Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Right, here we go. Speak again. Uh, perfect, perfect. Hello. Right, so I don't know if anybody guessed, but the special guest this week is Carly. Happens to live in my house. She, uh, excuse me, back by popular demand. Doesn't make it any less special. And we're here... Just give the people what they want. Just give the people what they want. Yeah, like we're here We're here today because of, um, because of Rachel having a hole in her face due to the dental surgery. We wish Rachel a speedy recovery. In our absence, we are going to be doing an episode about mysteries are you doing mysterious disappearances or are you just going under the term of mysteries mine is a mysterious disappearance which i have to say i fucking hate i hate not knowing what's happened uh, you... mine's mine's just a mysterious mystery okay of, of a dead person okay well i was thinking like without further ado should we just get into it because it's friday and yeah, i want to yeah, yeah. relax on. come on <laughs> i want to relax in my pants <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's not fuck about now. Let's just get straight into it. No, so this uh, mystery is about somebody that they like. It's recently been, I think, twenty five years since it happened, maybe longer than that. Uh, maths isn't great, so they have done like a kind of anniversary appeal to try and find out any more information about this person. And it's an English one that I've never heard of. So it's twenty two year old Kevin Dundon. Heard of him? No. Okay. Well, he was, as I say, 22, and he was from a place called Clacton-on-Sea, which I believe we have been to, maybe, when we were kids. No, I haven't I haven't been there. Clacton-on-Sea is one of those places that you think it will be, like, on the coast, but actually it's probably in, in like, the middle of the country. Okay. <laughs> um, and he was... It's like one of the... That's what, probably not. It probably is on the coast, but I just know that places like that, they're always, like... Yeah, they're just in really weird locations. Like, I thought Whitby, because yeah. I wanted to go to the Dracu- Dracula, I think it's a Dracula museum in Whitby. And I was like, oh, Whitby's like on the coast down here, isn't it? Nope, it's like past Manchester. What? What jip? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm not fucking going up there. No, okay, well, this place is um, in, well, I don't know if he, I don't know if, so I think it's in Suffolk, Clacton-on-Sea. So he was... Again, generic... Yeah. Generic location of the country. The Shire. So he was an employee of the Townsend Thorazen Shipping Company, and he was working on a vessel named the Viking Viscount. Viscount spelled cool. V-I-S-C-O-U-N-T. Um, and he had started working on this particular ferry on Thursday, the 18th of September, 1980. So it must have been the 30th anniversary that I found the story. Hang on, that's not 25 years ago. No, I think it's 30 years ago in 2020. Yeah, because we are older than 25, let's put it that way, and we were born in 89, so... <laughs> just a bit, just a bit, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's 1980, and Kevin was described by his brother Tom as always happy and chilled and really relaxed. He added that he loved music, buying new clothes, and he had a girlfriend who lived locally, so he is, like, regular 22-year-old guy. Generic. Yeah. Why do these people always say that, like, oh, they were, you know, 
lovely and well no one ever goes oh he's a cunt you just can't can you when someone's dead I mean I would I would yeah I would I'd definitely be like can't when they were can't when they were alive can't now they're dead but people people don't really see that's yeah, his brother even more, as well so he probably liked him even more of a cunt now he's dead because I don't know where the fuck he is because <laughs> everyone keeps banging on about him no this guy genuinely even when he's was dead like... he's caught even when he's dead he's causing fucking issues <laughs> no so this guy he he's working on a ship and it sets sail from Felixstowe, which is a seaside town in Suffolk, England. So Suffolk's on the east coast. It's above London. And it's I put this in. It's not far from Ipswich because Ipswich is where Rachel used to live. What, what are you doing? Charging my phone. You can't, can't, just, can't just bang about in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know if you could hear I didn't know you could hear that. Yeah, I, I can hear it. They can definitely hear it. you got a microphone near your face. Bit of, fresh, bit of professionalism, please. <laughs> Oh, sorry right sorry yeah and Ipswich was obviously where all those murders were as well Ipswich is yep. a little hot spot for crime episode one of our podcast if you want to listen to it so they were going to Zeebrugge in Bruges Belgium and at approximately 9am on Sunday the 21st of September 1980 they left with 86 crew members aboard so there were 605 passengers many of which were large organized groups of coach parties so I think this is some sort of like booze cruise, basically, which is just mm. where you buy alcohol in Europe because it was cheaper than here in 1980. Booze cruises in America? No, no, I don't think so. They're pretty landlocked, Missing really, out. aren't they? <laughs> Missing out, guys. They really are. Uh, I guess you just drive to Mexico, don't you? Or Canada, I think. Or Canada. Yeah, yeah. they they go to Canada to buy like cheap cigarettes, I think, or that's what I've heard anyway. Um. This is where we need Rachel. Yeah. She said they used to drive to Canada. They used to drive like the state over to get fireworks because they couldn't buy fireworks in their state, but they could if they drove 10 miles. I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. So it's a pretty big ship. They've got 605 passengers on board and 86 crew members. And it was recorded at the time that the crossing took about five hours. And then the ship docked in Bruges for two hours before returning to Felixstowe at approximately 4pm. So when he wasn't working on the ship, he was reported to have spent time in the staff mess room, which was frequented by various members of the crew throughout the day, along with some passengers who they invited in as guests. Um, that'd be fun, wouldn't it, if you managed to get like backstage on a boat? <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a, another way of saying that they would just pick up women in the, in the ship's bar. Well, they were 20, back 22... And he was a good-looking guy, so yeah. I mean, it's not not unheard of. So, witness testimony Who from can Captain. Blame him? No, yeah. I mean, there's twenty twenty-two-year-old guy on a boat. So, witness testimony from Kevin's colleagues state that around six p.m. that evening, he was seen working at a sink in the plate room of the galley. So he's just washing up at six p.m. And then the last confirmed sightings of Kevin are at around six thirty p.m. when he is believed to have been seen exiting through the galley door which could have taken him either to the toilets or to the deck. And that is the last time that he was ever seen. The position of the ferry at this time was approximately 26 miles off of the Suffolk coast and an estimated one mile south of the Galoppa light vessel, which was one of a number of static lighthouse ships anchored around the UK, which is cool because I didn't know that existed. Mm. So yeah, he's 26 miles off the Suffolk coast and one mile away from another ship, which I'm not sure is manned or not. So at around 6.50pm, it was noticed that Kevin had not returned to the plate room. 
And so an announcement was made over the public address system for him to return. And when he still hadn't returned 40 minutes later at 7.30pm, a number of further announcements were made for him to return and then they began to start searching. So the ferry docked at Felixstowe just before 8.45pm and all the passengers disembarked. So as you know, that's a risk. If you've got someone on a ship and it's at sea, then they're either on the ship or they're at sea. Whereas when you dock, you can take that person off or they can walk off. Evidence is like leaving the ship as well. So I guess there's some people that would have argued that it shouldn't have docked if they didn't have everyone on board, but they Mm. just didn't, didn't really take it that seriously. So, and all the passengers were like, I'm getting off. So fuck you. (laughs) Um, So they're all absolutely shit faced at this point, I'm assuming, because that's what happens on a booze cruise. So yeah, they disembark and at around 9pm, the ship's master instigated further searches. The ship's master is the highest seafarer rank and the most prestigious of all seafarer jobs. A master has ultimate responsibility for everything that happens on his or her vessel, including the security of the ship, as well as the safety of the crew and cargo, both when in port and at sea. So I was learning a lot about ship stuff in this story. <laughs> I took I took out a load of stuff about like the um they go through like colours of warnings and like when they say the warnings, I was like, people don't care. People don't care. This is this isn't the shipping forecast, but they don't need to know all of that. No, I got a bit carried away. Emergency services were informed that Kevin was missing at 1045 PM with the Coast Guard, and then they started commencing a man overboard search. Uh, which is where they search the waters along the ship's route and along the shore. So the ship left again at 11pm along with three other ships and they searched the waters in the vicinity of the lighthouse vessel until approximately 1.30am the following morning. But Kevin was not located and his body has never been found. The ship's crew said this seemed strange as at the time he was missing The sea was like a pond. It was bright and calm and you could see for miles and miles. Under the circumstances, it's extremely unlikely that Kevin could have gone overboard without being seen. I what, because they would have heard a splash? Yeah, and like it was really clear water and he might have shouted or... um, But he might have had a heart attack and just killed over off the side. Do you think? Just sunk. Yeah, case closed. Would he have been... (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll stop reading. (laughs) <laughs> do you, would he have sunk i should know this um because of all the ask a mortician stuff that i listen to and she's done lots of stuff around bodies and uh, uh, bodies in water I, bodies of water they sink initially and then they come up like a couple of days after yeah life. yeah that's right that's why if you have a burial at sea you have to weight it down a lot because it mm. will come back up mm-hmm. um so yeah uh yeah i mean he could have just killed over off the side how old was he it was 22 he's 22 oh God, that, doesn't stop so- that doesn't stop someone having a heart attack though especially if he's pissed up and you know having a bit of party life on this on this boat we could have just been drunk and cracked his head open on the way down okay so this gets a little bit i'll just say like otherworldly like spooky it gets a bit spooky so this is a bit oh, you got my attention this is, this is a bit of you so um <laughs> kevin's brother Tom Dundon said he received a phone call in the early hours of the Monday from a priest at Felixstowe who told him that immediately after the ship had docked, 
a crew member went to talk to him about what had happened on the boat. The father said to me that he couldn't tell me what he said, but don't let it drop because bad things have happened on that boat. Yeah, telling you. Booze cruise. Always does. Yeah, I mean, I've been on a few booze cruises where it could have ended in death. (laughs) So Mm. (laughs) um, a missing person investigation was subsequently launched by the Suffolk Constabulary and more than 30 witness statements were taken from people who had been on board the ferry and may have come into contact with Kevin, with the vast majority of these inquiries involving crew members. In 2020, on the 40th anniversary of his disappearance, Andy Guy, the major crime review and unsolved case manager for Norfolk and Suffolk constabularies added, the original investigation faced some considerable hurdles due to the fact Kevin was on a ferry 26 miles out at sea when he was last seen alive, which was carrying almost 700 souls. The matter was further complicated due to the fact a majority of the passengers on board appear to have travelled using a 60-day identity card rather than a passport because the ID, so the ID of the holder was not logged with the shipping company. Not every passenger could be traced. A a bit of security risk. Yeah, I mean, this was in 1980, so like you could get on a plane with... Christ knows Well, what. I was going to ask, actually, because I just remembered you saying it was in 1980. There would have been no CCTV on this boat. No, I highly doubt that, yeah. And you could get on there with Christ knows what you wanted in your bag. Probably drugs. I mean, I don't think they'd be searching for drugs. <laughs> Does it just your date of birth written on the back of a fag packet? Pretty much, yeah. That sounds like the 80s to me. So <laughs> uh, a 60-day identity card is something that EU residents can use instead of a passport to move between EU countries. And that really freaked me out because I remember when um, me and that French boyfriend went to France on a ferry and I was like, where's your passport? He was like, don't need one. And I was like, Mm. yeah, of course you do. And he was like, no, I've just got like an ID card. I was like, this fucking flimsy piece of shit that you could like, (laughs) it wasn't like, you know, really holographic or anything. Not like a fucking library card. Did we ever have those? As in like we as in a a nation, a country when we were in the EU. You can get one, but they're for people who like can't afford a passport or can't afford a driving license. But we wouldn't, but we wouldn't have been able to have flown over to another country, another European country with just that, would we? Uh, no, even I highly, when we were in the EU, I highly doubt it. It's basically for yeah, it's for people who can't afford like legit ID, but don't really need to drive or leave the country. So it's just so that you can prove who you are. But that's not the same mm. as the ID card that EU people have. That's just so you can, like, when you cross a border, I don't know, from, like, Croatia to Austria or whatever, you can just whip it out and show someone. Because, obviously, passports are really expensive and valuable, like, if you lose them. Yeah, I still don't understand how he was able to get back into this country without a passport. Because we were in the EU at the time, still. Well, that's what I mean. But as a British citizen, could we have not got... Could we have used a, one of those cards then, rather than a passport, to get anywhere in the in the in the EU? No, during that period of the in the EU. No, we just don't have them. We just never had them. I don't think. Right, we just never, we just never, we just chose never to have them. Yeah. Right. We don't need a passport to travel within the United Kingdom. So if you want to go to Wales, no. Scotland, Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland. Oh no! Yeah, we sorry, Northern for- Ireland. Yeah. Oh, we do need one for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. For the bit of Ireland that isn't part of the UK. We, where we went to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, there was loads of people on the ship that had that were European and had those uh, 
ID cards. Flimsy so little pieces of shit. Flim, flimsy little fucking blockbusters cards. So we didn't, uh, they didn't write their names down, basically, which seems fucking mental. Yeah. So they don't know exactly who was on the ship, which I don't, I mean, I don't know how you would even rectify that. It's just, that's a, just so, that is bizarre because who's to stop any world fuckers getting on that and getting a free ride to wherever, you know, as a, a not that I'm against them, a, a, as an illegal immigrant <laughs> or anything, you know, like. I don't think they were as strict with it in 1980 as they are now, basically. I don't think anything was very strict in 1980s and this just goes to prove it. Yeah, it does. Uh, if there's anything that sums up the 1980s, it's this shoddy affair of a fucking travel service. <laughs> it's this bring a gun or a tropical animal or a fucking... <laughs> They're more worried about you bringing like six tons of fags back than anything else. <laughs> no wonder the poor fucker's gone missing. I know. Jesus. You could have been on there with like, God knows who, <laughs> some sort of Italian crime mob boss. I'd I'd be I'd be surprised if he was even on the boat. <laughs> well, it, people saw him. He turned up for a shift for his uh, dishwashing shift. He's twenty two and he's he probably a mannequin with a hat on. <laughs> probably a mannequin with a hat on. We're getting into deep fake. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the priest called. That fucking freaked everyone out. Although Kevin had only been with that ship for three days. If anyone does have answers as to what happened to him, it will come from his colleagues amongst the ship's crew or people he had come into contact with in the mess room. There seems to be growing support to suggest Kevin's disappearance was not accidental. And it's highly unlikely that Kevin was on the ship when it docked at Felixstowe. So that's their conclusion. So his brothers, Jimmy, Tom and Danny, have never given up their search for answers and continue to work with the police to investigate what happened. There's no way they're going to find him now. I mean, what would survive? A pelvis, maybe a pelvic bone, maybe a skull? This far down the line, there would be nothing. There would be nothing. nothing. Not even a skull? No. Be washed away? No. Yeah. If it's in the sea, it would have dissolved, it would have eroded down. It probably would have been, a lot of it obviously would have been eaten. Yeah. If it's not in the sea... Oh, well, then God knows I mean, where it could be. It could be anywhere. Yeah. You're never going to find him. No. I, I kind of think that's the case, but... It's going Unless to be he like, faked his death. That's one option. But he's 22. What the fuck has he got to fake his death for? It is weird, though. I mean, where has he gone? If he was... I, There's so many cases like this. There's cases where a girl went missing off of a crew, Disney cruise ship, an English woman and an American woman. Like, there's loads of famous cases where people have disappeared from ships. And it's just yeah. fucking impossible. And, like... Her parents, uh, the girl that disappeared, her parents were like begging the ship not to dock because they were like, as soon as it docks, that's it. Everyone leaves, evidence leaves, maybe she leaves. Yeah, yeah. In one form or another. Yeah, so they, ha- they had an appeal to try and find him uh, and said, we implore anyone abo- aboard the Viking Viscount that, that evening who may remember anything, however small, about the incident to contact the police. It could be a friend or relative that may have mentioned something over the years and it would mean everything for us to finally know what happened to Kevin that evening and give us closure. Suffolk police said that it tracked a witness to Cyprus and they confirmed that they were on the ship that day, but they offered no new information to insist the inquiry. So his brother Tom said that it was a shame that they didn't get the information that they wanted, but he added, we're absolutely certain that there are local people who know things we have got to hope that someone's conscience is playing on them and it's too much to bear. Their parents and their sister Jennifer all died without knowing how events unfolded. The sister passed away from cancer in 1995, their mother in 2001 and their father in 2007. 
So if anybody is local to Suffolk or Norfolk and knows what happened, then they've got a special crime review set up and you can email unsolvedcasesreview at norfolk.pnn.police.uk. And that is the story of Kevin Dundon. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, How you fitting? <laughs> What's a fitting surname? I know. It's, again, these piss me off so much. Like, I just, I, that's why I love watching those videos. It's like the cold case saved, uh, solved like 50 years later. Yeah. I mean, they might solve it, but I do think the ones that are, happen at sea are far less likely to be resolved. I think as well, they they probably have somebody or something or someone in their somebody. eye line, but they, they can't reveal those details because then that person will kill themselves or run off or cover their tracks. Um, you know, so they have mm. to keep it a secret, anything they might know. Like a lot of the time with cold cases, they, they kind of do have a clue what's going on and they just don't want to say because it will uh, jeopardise any evidence that might still be around. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you never know. It might happen. Someone might have new evidence about it, or but yeah, it's it's just weird. That Do they not annoy you? Disappear? No, I find it fascinating. Do you? Oh my god, it winds me the fuck up. <laughs> no, because I, that it it, lead, it it leads into the supernatural thing, doesn't it? It's, oh, I know it's you not love supernatural. it. What do you think it was? It's like, sea vampire. <laughs> I don't know. Could have been alien. It's got got to be the alien for you, hasn't it? Aliens don't aliens don't really abduct people from boats. Or in the day, land on water. (laughs) Hard to land land the ships on water. How did they tell you that? Did they? Or also, there would have been evidence from all the other passengers on the ship that there was um, that there was that there was an abduction because they would have all lost nine minutes because of the way that it works. Oh my um, god! I where is this? Where are these theories coming from? It's just alien theory, isn't it, mate? Everyone knows that when you get abducted, everyone around you within <laughs> the within they? the same beam of light get loses nine minutes. Common knowledge. Or lose yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it would have been aliens. Could have could have been um could have been Nessie. I thought too far out for Nessie. <laughs> I find that sometimes when we do these podcasts, like you just come up with stuff that I A never knew about you and B never like do you know what I mean I've never encountered I'm glad we're having this guided talk is what I'm saying yeah oh there's a lot going on in this brain mate <laughs> I just don't let it I don't let it out because again I just get that reaction everybody knows it's nine minutes <laughs> I just thought everyone did I thought everyone did know that not everyone has a 14 times uh subscription in the x-files a million times is it in the x-files is it Yes, yeah, in the X-Files, yeah. Is that what Mulder says? Yeah. You remind me a lot of Mulder. I'm pretty sure it's... I'm pretty sure... <laughs> thanks, spooky. Um, I'm pretty sure it's nine minutes. I don't think the amount of time matters. <laughs> oh, it was also on that Unexplained Mysteries again that I rewatched recently. Oh, yeah. There was an alien one there, and they lost time as well. And then, then when they were returned, they were um, in the wrong in the wrong seat in the car, and that's how they realised that something had happened it was aliens this wasn't aliens though this hasn't got the hallmark of an alien abduction <laughs> at all oh my god i want you to start your own show 
What was it? Aliens? Yeah. Question mark. I guess like I'm so into this world of true crime that I probably like am the same, but I don't realise it. Like I'll probably go like someone will go, Well, they clean the blood up and I'll be like, no point, they can use luminol. <laughs> like I'll like do you know what I mean? I can yeah. just drop that and people will be like, How the fuck do you know that or care? <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just like little facts that you know, isn't it? But no, this doesn't have a hall- hallmarks of a alien abduction. Um, I've asked, was he last seen. I've asked the expert, and she says no on alien abduction. By the way, we should email the <laughs> alien, police. Alien abduction know. is out. <laughs> um, where was he? Where, where where was he last seen? He was last seen leaving the mess hall where he was washing up, and he could have gone left to the toilets or right to the deck. And that was the last was time any, anyone saw him. Was there anything remaining of him? Like, has anyone found any clothes, no. shoes, personal no. belongings? Nothing. Nothing. Right. There was no scorch marks. <laughs> so it's not spontaneous human combustion. I, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I think someone would have reported that. Mm, so no no, no um, personal belongings at all. Do you know what? Do you know what I think? I think someone probably fucking maybe got in a fight with him or tried to rob him. You know, they brought people back to the mess hall. I th- I think someone mm. got pissed off their girlfriend was there or wanted to rob him, punched him in the head, killed him, and then just dumped him yeah. overboard and didn't get caught. Or, alternatively, they took him out of the ship in their luggage when the ship docked. That's a good point. Because they were like, That's oh, a very he, good point. he definitely wasn't there when we docked. Well, how do you know that? He could have been in a suitcase. He could have been in a fucking suit bag. He could have been in a duffel bag. He could. They could have done anything. They could have hidden him and taken him off the ship. That's why they shouldn't have docked until they, they found him. So they'd searched yeah, they everywhere. Yeah, they should have searched everyone's... So they should have searched everywhere, yeah. If he was well, a pass- 80s policing for you. It really is. But if he was a passenger, I don't think they would have docked. But because he was staff... They couldn't really, that well, they didn't want to justify keeping all the passengers on the ship. Mm. So, so let's go with that hypothesis then, that someone killed him by accident um, and then hid his body in their luggage and then took him off the ship when they docked. Mm-hmm. That person and persons will know that that happened. So yeah. They lived this long knowing that it was them and knowing that it happened. What did they do with the body afterwards? Like who are they well what what like, do you what's... do with anybody like you just bury it or burn it or drive it fucking ages away so that there's going to be no one because obviously this story would have been in Felixstowe so people are going oh is anyone in Felixstowe acting um suspiciously, suspiciously or whatever he could have been taken oh no was he taken off in could he have been taken off in Bruges no I think I he was know. seen on the way no because it left Bruges at four so I think he was seen on the way back so it was definitely on the boat when it left Bruges. Yeah. So between Bruges and Felixstowe is when he disappeared. Yeah. Did a did a midnight flit. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think we're well, ever really going to know. I feel for his family not having any answers. It must be so shit. You you just wouldn't believe it. You just wouldn't believe he was dead. No, you can't get closure. Yeah. So yeah. what is your story this week? So mine is an unexplained death, which I think falls under mysteries, and it's one of my favourites. So it's called the Somerton Beach Man. Have you heard of the Somerton Beach Man? I have. What do you know about it? 
So he is part of a number of people that have been found just sort of led down, dead, fully dressed. They have there's no like wounds on them or head wounds or anything that would indicate death. And they've just been found like peacefully lying. Because there was a guy that was found mm. in Scotland and there was a woman that was found in Sweden, I think, or Iceland. I think, yeah, I think it might have been Sweden. So, yeah, so Somerton Beach is in uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. So it is, sorry, I'm having to um, quickly scour through some uh, notes. Okay. I say notes. A whole magazine dedicated to Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> what, um, what's the magazine? You've got to give them credit. Okay, so the magazine is Unsold Mysteries. Um, it's from the makers of, of the Real Crime magazine, the, the crime Ooh. magazine that you, the podcast appeared in. Yeah. So um, there's thanks, lots of stuff thanks around Thanks for the plug, mate. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff around disappearances, murders, aliens. It literally, it's like, I think it was like a tenner and it served me very well. It's very dog That is paid for itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so Somerton Beach is located in um, just south of Adelaide. And he, this, this, the man was discovered by um, uh, a walker uh, along the beach. He was propped up against a wall, um, and he showed no signs of being dead. He, he basically, he he just looked like he was asleep, and they thought maybe he just was drunk and had dozed off and was asleep. Um, and it wasn't until they kind of um, went over to him to see if he was okay that they realised that actually he he had he died. The most interesting thing really is what was found on him, you know, when, when they kind of carried out the investigation. Mm-hmm. So he had an unlit cigarette, which was balanced between his right collar and on his coat. And it wasn't lit. So um, it, it was unlikely that it dropped out of his mouth. So um, it looked like it had been placed there on purpose. Oh, okay. Possibly, possibly, yeah. Um, he had a sort of number of personal effects, but they were all kind of American branded or had an American connection. So they think mm-hmm. perhaps potentially he was American, but he had no obviously form of uh, official identification or anything on him. Apparently, he was seen moving at around seven o'clock that night before with his arm up in the air. Oh my but, god! Um, they can't. They think that might have actually been his last convulsions brought oh. around by a poison that was potentially used to kill him. Oh, my God. But that's just a summation. I didn't know that he bit. Had, yeah, he had a sloped tie, a, sorry, a striped tie with sloped uh, stripes on a negative gradient, um, which, again, was a quite fashionable in the States at the time. That's another reason why they think that he was an American. Mm-hmm. So he also had a piece of paper folded up in his pocket, um, which had the words Taman Shud on it, which is from a Persian book of poems. A little bit further down the line during the investigation, um, whilst they were trying to figure out who the man was, some random guy found a book just cast aside in his backseat of his car, and it had a page ripped out of it, and it was matched this page. What the hell? It was, um, it, in his in his pocket and he doesn't know where it came from or, or how it got there so that's again like another kind of part of the mystery it's one of those this is one of those mystery mysteries of where the more you dig into it the more questions come up rather than yeah. answers it's like a really this could interesting be a film. case I think it, mm, no, I don't think it has been a film There's loads of documentaries about it one of which I'll talk about in a minute yeah that I watched I think he also had all the labels cut out of his clothes. And one of the um, Unexplained Mysteries episodes I watched the other day again was about a woman who was shot in her hotel room and they don't know whether she killed herself or yeah, whether it was somebody else. Um, and 
her labels were cut out of her clothes as well. So there is there is kind of reason to believe he uh, may have been a spy. Yeah, that's um, one of the things, isn't it? And, that you have your labels cut out of your clothes. Yeah, exactly. And they don't know whether he committed suicide, he was poisoned, um, or if he died of, of, of asphyxia whilst he was in the position that he was dozing in. Oh, okay. There's been lots of investigations trying to find out who he was. It's a really, really intricate case, so I'm not going to go into it in loads of detail, but I do really recommend anybody going onto YouTube and looking at some of the documentaries on there about him. There's absolutely tons of them out there um, because they all kind of cover lots of the intricacies within it. The the book that was found in the car that had the uh, piece of um, writing ripped out of it, it also had a undeciphered code as well. Fucking um, and no hell. one's been able to decipher it. Yeah, no one's been able to decipher it even to this day. Most people have tried, yet yeah, they, they can't figure out what it's what it's meant to mean. So what I quite liked about this story when I was looking into it is that there was a guy that got really invested in finding out who he was. And he, now I have to try and get this right because it was a while ago since I saw it. So he looked into who his father was who 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 the Somerton man's father was and he was a ballet dancer and right. the, the Somerton man the Somerton man had legs which were quite specifically toned in certain areas looking very much like potentially he could have been a dancer so they kind of linked this his dad to this ballet dancer wait wait um, who's dad the guy from the out- car no, no, the the Somerton Beach man's dad. So it was DNA. Was, uh, they found was a, out was who, a dancer. They found out who the Somerton man was through DNA. <sighs> no, they don't know who he is. Well, how do they know um, who his dad is? Okay, so Rachel Egan believes she is the, believes she is the granddaughter of the infamous Somerton man. That's right. So her ballet dancer father gave her up for adoption while living in New Zealand. That's right. And she fell in love with a leading expert on the case. Exactly that. That's the documentary that I watch. It's really, okay. really interesting. So he was doing lots of. Um, he was he was trying to find out lots more about the Somerton man and the family. And basically, yeah. So she found out that she was adopted, and through his investigation of trying to find out more about the Somerton man's family, he met her, and they fell in love and were married within like two months. Oh my god! Okay, it's a really interesting case, and I'm sorry that I'm not going into it in particular detail as much as I would like to. Um, okay, but it's it's kind of one of the biggest conspiracy theories around, or one of the most well known conspiracy theories around an unexplained death, because yeah. nobody still know now knows what what he, um, or what what who he was, how he died, what he was doing there. Yeah, there's quite a few alternative theories about who he was, but I think one of the the, the main ones is that he was probably a a spy. If he was a ballet um, dancer, it makes sense he could be a spy because Russians bloody love the ballet. I don't think he was Russian. I think he was American. No, I mean, if he was American, but he wanted to be like a Russian spy or whatever, he could have... Oh, okay. Yeah. I just remember in the, in the documentary was something about the, the way that they... Like, his body, he had, like, a dancer's body. And that's why there was... They, I think they knew who his mum was because... Um, Sorry, I'm not making this particularly easy. It's really convoluted. <laughs> okay, was there anything else about the body? So there was the book. There was the book, there was the tie, there was the cigarette, there was Yeah, there was the fact he was sat up. So he had So there was some personal effects. So he had 
Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Chewing Gum on him, which was a connection to America because they didn't have that in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an aluminum comb, which was an American design. Um, he had an unused train ticket. So he was obviously, with the with the fact that it was a return ticket, he, he obviously had the intention of going back. So yeah. it wasn't, that's what make people think, thinks it wasn't a, it makes people think it wasn't a suicide. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And yeah, I think it's like, ta- I think Taman should as well. It means the end. Fucking hell, I hate that bit. I hate the code. Yeah, and that's, again, that's something that they haven't been able to figure out what this code means. They've had, like, experts try and look at this encrypted message and they haven't got a clue. Do you do you remember there was a woman, there was a story about a woman who was um, married to a guy and they had a kid together and she was, like, really private and then she shot herself in the head in a car and they found a box of stuff that was hers. And it was like she was just pretending to be somebody else. And I swear... Yeah, I can't remember that. Well, you'd really like that story. But anyway, she was on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And like very recently, somebody found out who she was. She was just a woman who like stole someone else's identity and ran away from home. There was nothing, okay. there was nothing too sinister about it. She just wanted to start again. Mm. And... Um, yeah, like somebody recently found out who that was. So I've got every faith that somebody will find out who this is. Mm. I think the the thing the thing with this as well is that not only do nobody know nobody knows who he is, or can, no one can find out who he is, they actually don't also know the, his cause of death. Really? No, they they can't they can't determine it exactly. So they, no, one's, no one can be positive about his cause of death. They think it might be poison that then like went out of it, him. It could have been. It could have been poison. It could have been asphyxiation. It could have been um, like a heart attack. Some kind. Of, he, like he could have committed suicide by something else um, uh, other than a poison. But there, apparently, there there is no. Um, there's no kind of definitive answer. I fucking hate stuff like this. Yeah, and there was like a suitcase. I think he had a suitcase as well, and there was no spare underwear or socks or anything in it. Like it's all just a bit. Like again, everything just kind of so it leads seems, to more questions. That kind of seems a bit set up as well, you know. Yeah, like somebody thought, oh, we better put a suitcase near him, otherwise he'll look. It'll look weird. And he had all his fucking labels cut out of his clothes. Mm. He was a spy, hundred percent a spy. That is too common an occurrence for it to be mm. some people just don't like labels in clothes oh yeah that's definitely got to be a sign of something of, of being a spy but why would you cut your labels out of your clothes if you're a spy what's um, the reason for that i think it's so you've got they've got no possible way to trace where you, where you come from because your right. clothes labels will be in a certain language or uh from a certain place that's only stocked in certain countries or whatever um Hmm. so it's like it is information about you i know with online shopping and stuff it's probably not as common but like you could find out from a blouse like how many of those blouses were made where's what shop were they made in Hmm. because back then you did buy all your clothes from the town that you lived in it's a very good point do you think spies cut labels out of their clothes these days probably don't know it's good good practice i guess if you don't want anything lying around that could identify you I find it hard to believe that there even are spies around these days. Oh, yeah, of course there is. This whole thing with Putin 
there's probably so many American and Russian spies in Russia. And there's so many Russian spies here. They just speak perfect English, but they're like on the side of the Russians. They might even be English and have like Russian parents and vice versa. Like we might have Russians that have defected from Russia and then come to us and been like, I had a high position in government. Like if you protect me and give me somewhere to stay and stuff, I'll be a spy for you. What do spies do? Gather info, gather intel, get into like the inner Mm. circles of uh, countries and in uh, institutions and find out what's going on. It's just like that. Sounds um, so stressful. Oh, it fucking does sound stressful. It's like that. I did an episode when we were in LA about UK spy and he was part of a group that infiltrated uh, environmentalist protesters. So he basically found out if they were going to go and like, you know, those people that like glue themselves to motorways and stuff. Mm. Obviously, they've got to keep those plans secret or someone will stop them. Yeah. So he would infiltrate these groups and then while they were on their way to do the protests, police would pull them over and stop them from doing it. And they were like, how did anyone find out we were on our way there? And Snake in the grass. Exactly. And police would make up some sort of excuse, but really it's because they had spies on the inside and knew exactly where they were going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. What's your theory on the Somerton Man? It's not aliens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no one had blacked out for nine minutes. <laughs> um, I don't. Do you know what? I don't know. Really, I don't know. I think. I think it's it's just such a bizarre case of with lots of different stuff that's unanswered around who he was, what he was doing there, how he died, why he died. I don't know. It's it's. I mean, there is obviously a lot of evidence to think that he probably was a spy. I just like the whole note thing. Like, why was oh. that put in his pocket? So creepy. Is he otherworldly? Is he otherworldly? What does, <laughs> what does the um? What does the coded message say? Like, why would you bother having a coded message? What's that trying? What's the end game there? Like, so frustrating. Just, yeah, I hate it. There's lots of elements to it. When you come down, we'll <laughs> watch that documentary about yeah, it. Yeah, it's really do good. It. And I feel bad that I've not been able to give everybody enough detail, but it was a while ago that I watched it and read about it. So that's okay. They're, just going they're, big, they're big boys and girls; they can go and go and look it up. But <laughs> they're, they're here for the uh, they're here for the entertainment. I, mate. I feel I can get away with it because I'm not a regular host. I can just swan in and be like, "This is a great story." Now go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay, we'll keep. We'll keep. I've got my own stuff I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it short and sweet because. Again, Rachel's got a hole in her face. So we'll be back next week with our regular format. Um, But yeah, love you. Thanks for listening. And um, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at TransatlanticCrime and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks, bye.